Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eyes on the Mize. My name is John. That's Ian. What's up, party people? Hey, sorry <laughs> about that delay. Life happened. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, like we were supposed to what record last week, right? Yes. Not the week before. No, no. that was right because it was it was Christmas, then it was New Year's, and then last week life happened, and I was kind of down in the dumps. Um, basically TLDRing it for your kids at home. Uh, I was looking to try and become a pilot in the army and my, they changed dates on application things where it used to be, you'd be 12 years before you needed a kind of like a waiver to, for eligibility. Then they changed it mid packet process while I was building it down to eight years. And then I couldn't get a waiver and my waiver, or actually my waiver got rejected last week and it kind of shot five years of career planning for the next 10 years of my life and then maybe the 20 years after that. So now I got to like basically revamp my entire life picture for the next like 30 years. So that's fun. <laughs> it was a bit Some, something we can all relate to. It was just a little bit much and I got kind of overwhelmed and John's awesome and was cool with taking the week off. He, he did some props because we were supposed to do like a big props and slops episode, which oops, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm still going to talk about that one because I think it's worthwhile. But anyways, yeah. today is uh, January 14th. This is episode 136, titled 28 by 3, The Oko Story. I had to ask him what this one meant, and we'll we'll get to it in a little yeah. bit with the episode topics. Yeah, we're basically going to kind of do a uh, a machine gun on a lot of different topics. We're going to talk about the BNR announcement that came down the line yesterday on the 13th. We're going to talk about... Um, a little bit a concerning pro- our props and slops. A for prop and a slop. A prop and a slop each because we know I know how we can talk. And then we're each going to talk about three Theros Beyond Death cards because, again, I know that we can talk. I put four, uh, but one of them is literally just going to be – you know which one I meant just going to – Yes, I know what it is. Um, first, quick eyes on the community because I know this is going to be really – we're going to – this might a, be one of the longer ones. There's a few. Yeah. First, I was at GP Austin. Our Magic Fest Austin this past weekend. It was awesome. I still recommend people go to a Magic Fest near them if it is if it is feasible. Uh, I went two and two in the main event. Uh, I beat Free Winds Red in round one. Lost to Eldrazi Tron in round two. Beat the Mirror in round three, and I lost to Four Color Wurza in round four. I feel a little bad about the round two loss because I could have played better for it. I don't feel bad at all about the round four loss. It was a really good match, really close match on both fronts. Um, Versus gross. It was really fun. Yeah, worse is gross. Um, uh, so why'd you? Why question though? Why'd you yeah. drop two two? I I mean yes, I could have tried to grind up to get to six and two, which would have put me into day two. But a my flight was at like six fifty at night, so and that would have probably been in the middle of you know whatever top eight would have been if I was in top eight so contention basically, or basically whatever. You would have had to grind out another some odd amount of rounds. Then you would have then you would have had to straight up just reschedule a flight if you went deep enough and yeah i got you basically and like i didn't want to put that on my mental stress to try and grind up to that oh Um, i trust me plus anyways fighting upwards from 2-2 is kind of rough just because of breakers and everything like that too yeah exactly Uh, and i I just felt like i my time would be spent better doing other things like i tried i did another mystery draft which speaking of i drafted it four times at the gp Big hats off to Gavin, uh, Gavin Verhey, you know, product designer at Wizard Coast. He did a fantastic job with this set. I got to get in the special event or the special guest pod with Gavin. He and I chopped the finals. He posted a picture of his deck and my deck from that draft. I think I would be, end up winning, but it would really be draw dependent because he was a red green aggro deck with two overruns. I was a black white control deck. It was going to be really, really tight regardless. I think. I might be mistaken, but there was five people who mentioned it. Someone said, you had it in the bag? Methinks. Someone said, I think John would win this one. Sweet control deck versus sweet creature deck. And then someone said, double overrun gross. So, I mean, split? <laughs> if I was a blue control deck with counter spells, I think it would be a different story because being able to, like, counter an overrun is way more, is way better. Yeah. Um, but... I would. I felt pretty strongly about my deck. Um, you had a lot of the other mystery drafts di- I did. Lock down and destroy stuff. So yeah, my other uh, my other decks. I drafted my first deck. I drafted was a blue white deck. I ended up winning the first round, losing the second round. The third draft I did, I drafted literal actual mono black. 
Uh, and Gavin was actually drafting in a pod behind me. And I went to Gavin and said, this is your fault. <laughs> um, and I'm like, why isn't Gary in the set? And he's like, well, he is in the set. And I'm like, well, why didn't you have me open him? Curse you, Gavin. Um, <laughs> in a very playful way. And then my fourth draft, I drafted mono blue because I opened expropriate. Oh, baby. Which is seven blue, blue mythic sorcery originally from conspiracy Two. take the crown. Um, it's, uh, will or it's the, uh, this is the will of the council card where everybody votes. You either vote for time or money. When if you vote time, you take it, I get to take an extra turn. And if you vote money, I take a permanent of yours. And I comboed it with my second pick, which was caged son, which is a six man artifact that when it comes into play, as, as it comes to play, you name a color, all your creatures of that color get plus one, plus one. And all your lands that tap for that color add an additional color. Huh. And then I also got the Mirari conjecture, uh, which is a re- more recent card from Dominaria, four and a blue saga enchantment. First chapters, you return an instant from your graveyard to your hand. Second chapter, you return a sorcery from your graveyard to your hand. And then the final chapter is when it pops off, you copy all your instant sorceries for the rest of the game. Or for the rest of the turn, excuse me. And so I had the Mirari Conjecture, I sacrificed it for its third chapter, and then I cast Expropriate. Jesus. <laughs> my opponent conceded immediately. I ended up losing because he was on a very aggressive red-black deck that my deck had no answers to, which is fine. That's kind of how chaos drafts go, but I love the format. I look forward to drafting it again. And then uh, as of day of recording or day of publication, which is the 15th, Ian, you are going to be participating in the Theris Beyond Death Early Access event. Yes. If you're listening to this, you're already probably late unless this gets posted to your RSS feed early enough in the day that you can tune in at 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, What's also cool is that I am raising money for... Uh, the World Wildlife Fund, Australia, who is doing uh, conservation efforts for the brush fires that are still currently raging across Australia. Uh, the World Wildlife Fund in this particular case is focusing kind of towards the after side of things. There are some like WIRES, uh, W-I-R-E-S. It's an acronym for some wildlife thing in New South Wales. Uh, they're more focused on the current stuff. But World Wildlife Fund is looking to rebuild the habitats for koalas and other indigenous life forms and species of animals and stuff that have been displaced by all the fires so they're going to be looking at kind of rebuilding after the fact so i'm raising money for them i have some cool little incentives at five dollars us but everything's in australian dollars so it's like 725 with the conversion rate or something like that it's like we're 745 i don't remember it's donation thing hold on let me check real yeah quick. It's, it's 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 conversion rates of money yeah, it's, Which is seven, always... yeah, it's 725 Australian dollars and 1450 for the two different levels, so 5 and $10 US. At $5, I'm doing a signed Pulse of Marasa, just kind of as a little thanks. Uh, it's kind of cool, flavorful. Pulse of Marasa is a card I love playing in Pauper. It's also a green card, basically says, return target creature or land card from your gra- from a graveyard to its owner's hand, so kind of nice rebirth you know, theme there as well, with especially what World Wildlife Fund is looking to do, so... I was going for a huge flavor hit there, and I think I, I nailed it nicely. A, you are, and B, you forgot that it also gains six life. I mean, that's that true, but like just a returning a creature or land card is kind of cool. I agree. It's very sweet. I was going for it. Uh, especially the right. flavor text saying, Little flower twirl and bloom arise from this year rocky tomb. Little warrior slash and brawl be born again to free us all. It's actually a really cool flavor text. Anyway, uh, doing that, it's going to run actually for a couple weeks after this too. Uh, so feel free to donate after the fact. I think those card things are locking off a, right after the stream. But I also have for the thing, a $10 donation is just a best of one jump the queue kind of thing where you can, if you have a spicy brood like me to just play like right away instead of like, okay, I'll get to this after like this game or something like that. I'm going to do a couple sealed things. I'm like, oh, all right, now I will jump in. I will play your thing for 10 US dollars. Granted, at the end of it, I have a bunch of, I'm not saying junk because it's actually some really spicy stuff. Uh, I've got a couple deck boxes with some old sleeves you can't get anymore, like the 25th anniversary sleeves from Ultra Pro. I've got uh, the Lord Windgrace Precon EDH deck that I'm going to be giving away. And I have a From the Vault Annihilation that I'm going to be giving away mm. as well. So any donation of basically over $5 gets people entered to win. So hopefully it gets cool. a decent amount of donations. I'm only looking to raise like 250 but... I'm hoping the community pulls through because there's going to be a lot of people streaming. So yeah, it'll be fun. 
I'm I'm looking forward to having a blast. Hopefully, spread the word to all your friends out there. Um, I also have probably going to be doing something else over the next two weeks in terms of helping raise money because I have a ton of playmats that I just need to get rid of, aka That's fair. my backlog of five years with the playmats that I just don't use and would like to go to a good home. I mean, on the one hand, I'm sad I didn't get a playmat for signing up for GP Austin, but at the same time, I'm happy I don't have to lug a playmat home from GP Austin. Dude, remember like Jeep? Remember uh, GP uh, Vegas a couple years ago? I went home with like four. Oh yeah, you went home with like four playmats. You play in a side event. Here's a playmat. Play yeah. side event. Here's a playmat. It's like Jesus. they were sick, but yes. Anyways, we've been talking for about ten minutes. Let's go ahead and talk first about the banned and restricted announcements. Oh, wait, wait, wait! Before the BNR this weekend pre-release. Yes, go to your pre-release. Support your local game store. Yeah. All right, now let's talk about the banned restricted announcement. Banned restricted announcement. Well, really, it's more of a banned announcement because there wasn't, there weren't any, there weren't any restrictions. It's just modern. There were only bans, oh, and only in modern. <laughs> it's uh, no restriction, this only ban. It's like the little dog cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> no ban, only play. <laughs> um, and we had three bannings. Uh, and these are in order as they were written in the uh, BNR announcement, written by Ian Duke, which as you can usual. find in the show notes. Um, first off, Oko Thief of Crowns finally gone for modern. Uh, he was approaching like a 40% metagame share in Modern, which is kind of ridiculous. Let's put it this way. Um, I believe Twin was and like Pod and stuff like that were approaching like 20 to 30% at most when they were banned out of the things. Like it was, yeah. I mean, that's just granted yeah. one deck and Oko's played in multiple decks, but like a single card uh, this past weekend at Grand Prix Austin in the top eight, six decks. No, five decks played the full four copies. Two decks yeah. played three copies, and one deck didn't. But that was because it was Jund. Yeah, um, it's it's a lot. Um, and the big reason is that the Simic Urza decks that have been popping up are very very popular and very very powerful, and very very powerful. And then Oko was the big kind of the big card that they were going to hit from it. And also Oko is just really oppressive if you're trying to play a fair strategy. And then like. The other thing that Oko is make Oko makes artifact tokens, which Urza can tap for mana, which is really ridiculous. Plus, with Gilded Goose and all that other fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, fun fact: uh, Evan Irwin is was the big name that tweeted that out. He threw some hats off to some other people who actually kind of did the math. Uh, Oko was forty five days legal in Standard, seventy three days legal in Pioneer, and one hundred and one legal days in Modern. There's the title. If you take seventy three minus forty five, you get twenty eight. One hundred one minus seventy three is also twenty eight. So it's twenty eight. Um, days in between each of those bannings. It should technically be times by two. Well, there's three formats of banning and whatever, but that's not the point. 45 was the uh, first, John. Shut up, Ian. Um, <laughs> Got him. So, <laughs> so I was but anyway, I was waiting for this part to bring that up. <laughs> whatever. So we can look forward to like mid-February uh, when uh, Oko gets banned in Legacy. I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, there isn't a BNR or at least it's not going to happen anytime soon. I don't think there is a BNR announcement in 28 days. Well, that's right. There's no BNR announcement, quote unquote, but I don't think they're going to make a BNR announcement so, in 28 days to ban Oko and Legacy. So I told you I had a a take. I don't know if it's yes. hot or not, and it and it pertains to Oko and Legacy. Is that I don't think we're ever going to f- truly figure out exactly how powerful Oko is in Legacy anymore because. Everybody took away the legacy events. That is fair. There are no massive legacy events outside of like Eternal Weekend anymore. Sure. Basically, like SCGs got rid of them. There's no. There's maybe like one or two GPs a year that are going to have it. There was there were several scheduled legacy double ups at the Magic Fest. Well, yeah, I get okay. Double ups, cool, whatever. It's not a tournament, straight up. That's what I'm talking sure. about. I'm talking like massive. I understand. You'll, you'll get the regional kind of things, like maybe uh, the MCM magic card market over in europe i know they do their legacy stuff that's usually where i get my infect stuff from sam dams mm-hmm. uh i know energy nrg and the canadian people up as well do it too i think uh god what yeah. is it things with a t and i can't think of it right now but and uh, of course s or what's it called the legacy preservation society out at the mox boarding house establishments yeah. that's about as legit large as you're gonna get with the exception of some spiky legacy tournaments i know jeremy's running one in the midwest this summer that's about it there's no like major actual gp that's been announced yet that i think uh not that i'm aware of yeah i don't think we have a because of course we only have up to like 
half the year anyway, so that we could probably still get one. But the fact that we don't have a massive legacy tournament coming up, nobody's looking to try and break Oko in that format. Uh, yeah, or at, decks, least, or at least one that we don't know officially what the format's going to be. I mean, be. the decks that were playing Ren and Six probably would straight up be adopting Oko instead as straight yeah. up extra value. The value It's not nearly attacking on the same broken axis that Ren and Six used to, as somebody who played Ren and Six and Legacy and that card deserved its ban straight up. Oko was one that I just never bit the bullet on buying and trying just because it was so expensive because of Standard, because of Legacy, or because of Modern, because of Pioneer. And hopefully his price drops to a reasonable range now. Uh, I think it'll maybe settle down 25, 30 buck range. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll um, see. And I also, don't, I also hope that Oko, yeah, I also hope that Oko does not get restricted in vintage, so we can have more black lotuses attacking for lethal. See, I honestly think that Oko is fine in legacy or not legacy in uh, vintage. Vintage, just the sheer power level. I mean, Narset needed to, like Narset was like prison, but Narset needed to go. Yeah, but Oko is not Narset in that format. Nor is Nor is Oko Karn Great Creator. Yeah, because in that format, Narset is just straight up like locking it. That. Like vintage is not everyone's like oh it's like turn one kills like no 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 the sheer card advantage you get is where vintage is like that's that's the yeah. card advantage the card advantage colon the format yeah uh speaking of other cards that are banned uh they also mentioned how uh, or wizards also mentioned how you know they they didn't feel that taking oko out of simic urza was the only thing that they could do they felt like it would still be too strong and they had data to support it so they also hit a card that has had a target on its back for the longest time, and people were convinced that the Wizards would never ban Mox Opal in Modern. Yeah. I'm gonna say this now. Mox Opal died for the sins of 2019 Magic. I don't know. It's, what, look, what, it's, what, a, card, it's, it's a card that fi- like it, it has been like that watch card for forever, and it finally died because the card quality in 2019 pushed it just enough over the edge. Here's the big thing. What gets banned in formats? In general, the cards that get banned in formats are cards that are just obscenely powerful. Look at Oko. Oko is an example of a card that's obscenely powerful. You could ones that ones that cause repetition of play. Things like Birthing Pod, things like Demonic Tutor, things like Skull Clamp, things like Sensei's Divining Top and Counterbalance. Correct. All right. Yeah, no. Or and, and finally uh, free spells or fast mana, and Oak and Mox Opal is both of those last two. Right now, I fully get that, but this is one of those cards where, by taking this out, it has literally cut the knees out from the basically, as people are saying, the only still quote unquote good deck left over from the original Modern Pro Tour, which is Affinity. Granted, Affinity f- from that tournament to now, like. Compl- wouldn't doesn't look the same at all there's no artifact lands basically affinity it doesn't play affinity cards it just plays things with modular and a lot of robots essentially but it also kills stuff like i don't necessarily think it kills lantern control because i saw lantern players actually like okay let's retool and rebuild and i'm like oh that's cute they're trying to come, come back again please don't yeah <laughs> please don't <laughs> not again <laughs> no if you play if you play Lantern, that's cool. I'm, I I give you guys massive props and all you lovely folks who are working on recracking that egg. Don't, yeah. Please don't rebuild eggs. Actually, that's another thing that got built, cracked too is Cheerios. Yeah. Cheerios got so, basically got hammered on that one. But yeah. yeah, just the fact that like Urza single-handedly, it made Urza made Mox Opal just powerful enough to finally be like, okay, we need to take care of this finally. Yeah. And I think and if, Urza, fair, if Urza did not come around... I think we would still have Mox Opal. That, that's why I said it died for the sins of 2019's power level, is that sure. when they printed a card like Urza, yes, there are. they stated they're going to push the power level. The power level of the cards was enough that a card that had been on the watch list previously was like, okay, now it is egregiously bad enough for us to finally take action on that card. So you're saying that Urza is to Mox Opal as Siege Rhino is to Birthing Pod? I guess. It it was a card that finally took out something that needed to go, basically. Yeah. And but um, but another thing is too is Urza had to be strong enough as a deck to for them to look at, okay, Mox Opal is so egregious with this card and this deck style that we have to basically nerf three other decks at the same time. Yeah. Which yeah. that's why that like 
you can meme it up and you say, you know, it dies for the sins of this. But there is a reason why I said it, is that the card quality of Urza and everything that Urza does led to Mox Opal finally getting the whap on the hand that it kind of has been needing for a while, but was a linchpin in so many decks that used it that it was. They were I mean, there was a period of time where the question was, what's the best Mox Opal deck? Oh, absolutely. So, and we got to the period of what was the best Urza deck, and I think that Wizards decided that they would rather have Urza still be a deck, which, again, listen, if your goal is to cast four mana creatures on your turn, go for it. I am okay with that. I, here's, the, um, here's the thing. I think Urza is still going to be an interestingly strong enough deck. It's oh, just I think it will not be too. going to be the, um, oh god, what's the word I'm looking for? You're not going to be able to go uh, Bre- uh, Botanical Sanctum, uh, Gilded Goose... Mishra's Bobble, Mox Opal, Untap, Second Land, Urza. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do that. No, yeah. Which I don't think that was a game plan of that deck anyways, but it was a it was a line that they could have. Right. But it's also, side note, we actually got in the finals of this weekend's SCG event, uh, the Brothers War. Or not Brothers War, <laughs> Brothers War Proxy. Uh, y- Urza Yogg versus, versus or, yeah. Or, yeah, That's great. It was kind of, yeah, because Mishra sucks. Um, yes. But Urza versus, yeah, basically the whole Phyrexian storyline played out. And uh, Yogmoth came on top, I guess. Yeah, go Yogmoth combo. Dude, Aaron, Aaron Barrett, she killed it. That car, that deck is she sweet, did. actually. I looked at it. I'm like, what the hell is it trying? Oh, persist. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was one of those, like, the light bulb clicked. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I was like, what's the win con? Blood Artist? Sweet. Aristocrats, go. Yeah. I'm happy that deck exists. Aristocrats winning a tournament? Mm. amen love it uh now this brings us to the last card which wizards noted um it is micasynth lattice which is a six-man artifact it does a lot of things but the big thing is that it makes all your all permanent artifacts and that's particularly relevant for karn great the great creator from war of the spark who is already restricted in vintage uh mainly because of his ability his static ability which is again the one of the relevant parts of micasynth lattice which says your opponents can't activate abilities of their artifacts. So it's a, it's a null rod for your opponents that Karn has. And then Karn also had the minus two ability, which is kind of what people call the wish ability, where you can just get an artifact from your sideboard, reveal it, put it in your hand. Um, and I actually lost in round two of the GP because my opponent was playing Urza, was playing Eldrazi Tron. They had two towers, a plant, and a mine. They go four mana Urza, or four mana Karn, minus two, get Mygus' Lattice, six mana Lattice, and then I had nothing on board and I couldn't win. Yeah, turn four lock turn four literally you cannot do anything the rest of the game is And here here here's the crappy part. If I had played slightly differently, if instead of casting a braid on my turn on my opponent's on my I on my opponent's uh expedition map, if instead I had shenanigans it and I'd kept the abrade in my hand, I could have won the game. I could have interrupted the combo. But instead How would you have done that? I lost. Uh, so I tapped out for a braid because I didn't want to put shenanigans in my graveyard in case he had a relic. Okay. So but so I braided the expedition map. So the braid went to my yard, and then I later shenanigans something, and then he pl- he pl- he played the second one, and I put shenanigans back in my hand. But shenanigans is a sorcery, and a braid's an instant. Uh-huh. So if I had a braid in my hand instead of shenanigans, I could have tapped you know my mana, had let lattice resolve, then abraded it. So you can still cast it it's just a colorless red spell with mana you would have leave mana floating yeah i have to float my mana in response to the lattice okay so that's like literally and, the then, only and then i let lattice resolve and then i braid it right because you can still cast a spell if you have floating mana correct right. lattice doesn't stop me from casting spells it stops me from tapping mana very big difference yeah which is where yeah okay so if you had literally pl- like if you weren't playing if you were playing a little more loosey-goosey throwing caution yes. to the wind you might have been okay a little bit, yeah. But what? So, um, so the community. There are certain people in the community is like we've been getting blood mooned for like the entirety of modern. What's the difference? And well, the difference is that this like blood moon. You can for some decks, it literally is just game over. You lose. There are other decks that can fight their way out of it. Like yeah, all you have to do is just top deck your one green source and then get rid of it. Or which blue, is actually what I did in game one. Straight up blue in- source and bounce it. It's literally what I did in round one against the Free Winds Red deck, because I was on the play. They went turn zero gemstone mine, then they went land ritual blood moon, and all I had in play was a shivan reef. <laughs> and I didn't have an island in hand, but in, in two turns I drew my island, and I'm like, perfect, slam this island down, cast my blue spells. Yeah, so that's the thing, like, you, you can get out from under a blood moon. 
if you're yeah. lucky. Like, in fact, is oh boy. <laughs> and the, <laughs> let and me tell like, let me tell you how you protect the ever loving hell out of your noble hierarch. In that case, any deck that you get a blood, yeah. like if you're playing up against a potential blood moon deck and you're playing in fact, you always, 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 if you do not have a natural forest in your hand, you will go for the hierarch rather than the elf. If you normally on the play, you stick the elf on the draw, you stick the hierarch. Yeah. Dork on the dork on the draw, elf on the play, go ham. Yeah. But you definitely want to make sure that if they're going, they have to remove both your creature and your land, which they most likely don't have the mana to do before you can untap and leave protection up for your hierarch. Yeah. So that's why you do it that way. Um, yeah. But I, it's kind of funny that Lattice like leapt up once people realized that this was the combo, I guess combo for those particular decks. I'm not sad to see it go. It's just one of those weird, like would this have been egregiously bad? With Oko and Mox gone, maybe big mana might have. Well, people are saying big mana yeah, is where did. to go now with the format. Also, Thoughtseize yeah. decks are pretty good. Uh, I've seen the humans players say, "Hey, our natural predator Oko is gone, so they might be good again." People have been saying Death Shadow might be okay to play again. The Jun crew is like Jun. It's like, all right, cool. <laughs> I will say, Storm that, is good. Um, Storm is still good. I my record and uh, I probably could have gotten up to five and three or whatever, but not I wasn't there to do that. Uh, I lost four rounds of modern while I was at the G while I was at the Magic Fest. Two rounds in the GP, two rounds in a double up. I played on Sunday. All of them were to one of these cards. Interesting. Yeah. So the um, entire weekend was basically vindicated in the B BN- yeah. the BNR this week. Pretty much. That's not bad. Uh, also, the rationale for banning Lannis is part of the unfun lock. It's, you just can't get out of it if you don't have anything on board. I did see somebody get through it because they're playing Titan Shift. Because while you don't get activated abilities, Valakut still triggers. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. Titan's a good <laughs> Titan decks. Prepare for Titan decks these days. Yeah. Which is a good matchup for Storm. Uh, also, they also wanted to balance the Tron Eldrazi decks because they wanted them to knock them down a little bit based on how popular they are and how strong they are. Of note, once upon a time, not banned yet. <laughs> so It's very fair and modern. It's very fair and modern. I'm just saying I'm going to be ordering a playset of those now that it dodged this ban list. Sure. And, well, Infect. Yeah. Infect doesn't, seem, good Infect. Infect doesn't seem terrible right now. No, I mean, if people are, uh, I'm putting it this way: if people are leaning towards the big mana decks, what are the big mana decks trying to do? Hit on turn four, one, trying two, to, trying to win like, on turn four, right? Yeah, Infect wins on three. Sure, I agree. That's what I'm saying. Like, especially with scale up now, like, and having once upon a time, it's essentially getting Gataxian Probe back, kind of I agree. levels of. Oh, do I need my Ink Moth Nexus, or do I need a turn one? You know glistener elf or do i need my noble sure like you sure. it helps that deck out so much and i'm i'm not saying infect's going to be great i'm going to test it to see if it's good and what meta game shakes out because i have not evaluated okay. a modern meta in a hot minute because f you that is fair f you oko actually it's been about how many days uh 101 days uh, since i gave a crap yeah. about modern <laughs> fair <laughs> actually it's been a little now, longer since my last couple of tournaments i was the legacy seat so it's been yeah. a very hot minute since I like actually cared about Modern last, but I'm looking forward to giving it a shot again. And that seems to be the general consensus of the community. I feel bad for the. I, I will say this: I feel bad for people who got Mox, who played primarily Mox Opal decks, losing essentially what four hundred dollars worth of value out of their collection Easy. overnight. Easy, um, easy. Yeah, I feel bad for that. Like, it sucks. It really does. Yeah. Straight up, but. Unfortunately, that's how this game goes. I mean, especially people playing Oko. Like, they lost about half that value. But yeah, guess who's still sitting on a singleton full art foil copy of Oko? <laughs> this guy. There you go. It's fine, though. Singleton copies are fine. They are. They're great for Highlander. And now Wizards also did something in this BNR that was a little interesting. Uh, they talked about Pioneer. Yes. And they talked about the um, – one of the combos that is now relevant because in Pioneer because of Theros Beyond Death. Well, not quite I relevant don't, yet. Get yeah. the set two weeks to come out first. We don't have that. We don't have Heliod Sun, Sun Crowned in our cards to note. 
the main relevant ability of Heliod is um, he's, you know, two and a white for a 5-5 five, five enchantment creature god. He's indestructible. He's not a creature unless your devotion to white is five. Those things aren't relevant for the combo. The relevant parts is whenever you gain a life, or whenever you gain life, you may put a plus plus encounter on a creature you control. And you can pay one and a white to give one of your creatures lifelink. Is it one and a white? Or this it... combos very nicely with Walking Ballista, which always has plus plus encounters on it, and you can remove a counter to deal a damage. So the combo is pay one and a white, give Walking Ballista hate or lifelink, ping your opponent, put a counter on it, ping your opponent, put a counter on it, repeat until they're dead. Now, reminder, this is a somewhat mana-intensive combo. You very. need a three-mana creature in Heliod. You need a Walking Ballista with at least two counters on it. And you need so four mana. two additional mana to do the lifelink ability. And you ideally need four mana, because what if your opponent responds with removal? A This combo is bad. Um, To be fair, I will say this. This could be a direction that people that have been playing Hardened Scales takes their deck in now. Well, in, in Pioneer, sure. But Pioneer also... Okay, so for Modern, there's a better combo than this. Correct. There's a... There's a better combo than Heliod Walking Ballista. It's called Heliod Spike Feeder. Spike Feeder is a 1GG00. Comes to play with two plus plus counters on it. You can remove a counter to gain two life. Yeah. That's infinite life. It's right there. You can just set your life total to 5 billion, and that's it. Game's over. Yay, Good luck. Gay Chord decks, I guess. Yeah. So that combo is way better than this combo. Also, there's got to yes, be some way to turn through your library scrying with doing all this, too. Yeah. Now... In Pioneer, the removal is worse, but the removal is still good enough. Like, you're not doing this combo on turn four. You're just not. I mean, you you will at some points, but the problem is going to be that you also need to be able to ensure that you're able to activate Helia, target the Walking Ballista, and then, or, and then act, if you need to activate again, target the Walking Ballista to try to make it work. Because alternatively, here's what can happen. You activate your walk, you activate Helia on Walking Ballista that has two counters on it. I say, okay. You say remove a counter, deal one damage to you. I go, great. In response, kill it. Yeah. There's a lot of interaction points to this combo for Heliod Walking Ballista that it's very easy to interrupt. This, is, this combo is even more fragile in Modern because of Path to Exile and other things like that. Because, you know, in Modern, your mana has to go a long way. In Pioneer, again, your mana is still going to be pretty tight. Aggro decks are king right now, especially monocolored aggro decks. And I just don't think that Heliod Walking Ballista is going to get there. Yeah, it's... I've learned to... Over the years, I'm trying to take a more... You know, I've tried to take a more... I'm going to dial back on, like, the jumping and wading into the waters with certain takes. And this is definitely a take that I'm going to wait and see how this plays out. I feel like I want to sit back for this particular thing. All right, I'm going to say this. Fence sitting on certain things is not a great place to do it. There are certain things in this world where you need to rise up, take stand, say something, okay? Magic the Gathering... Talking about a combo, this is something you can kind of like, you know, I'm going to tone it back a little on my takes. So anyway, brief aside there, you know, over. I want to see how decent this ends up being or bad it ends up being. People are going to try and play it. Let's see how it works. Oh, yeah. People are going to try this combo and then they're going to realize it's bad and then they should feel bad. Honestly, I just want I just love seeing the fact that some Phoenix decks keep hitting top eights. But I think this one that... It was funny. It was listed as "Is it Phoenix?" I'm like, "All right, cool." And then I'm looking like, "Wait, there's no. It's two different. There's no arc. It's Flame Wake <laughs> and Rekindling. <laughs> oh no, there's Arc Light. It's it's the other Phoenixes. What's going on? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That is that is a deck right now. That's really sweet. Yeah, too. I was like, "Wait, is it Phoenix?" But this isn't. Oh boy, no. Mainly just because like the Arc Light Phoenix style decks, there's not enough cheap cantrips. No, they're really. That's enough. why it's. Uh, God, that's why it's not doing great. And I, I, as much as as someone who's basically bought into Pioneer Arclight Phoenix, it's kind of like, ah, this is always going to be tier two <laughs> until they start. That's fine. Until they reprint something like Serum Visions or some other one mana cantrip that is an opt into standard. I don't think Serum Visions is ever coming to Pioneer. Oh, I know it. I know it. I'm just giving the example of what it would take. Yeah. For is it Phoenix to get a, a shot in the arm? Having your only one mana cantrips be something that gives. Your creatures haste for the turn, draw a card, or opt. I mean, eh? Sure. I guess. Everything else is two uh, mana. Yeah, Which I is agree. slower and easier easier to interrupt. That's why I'm saying with that. But anyway, Heliod, Suncrown, and Walking Ballista, I, also we didn't note, like say that they're actually happy with the metagame and how it's been evolving since their last changes to it. Yeah. So that's actually kind of great, is 
Um, they're saying basically instead of weekly pioneer updates, we're going to have a cadence closer to every six weeks or whenever the other BNRs for other formats are needed. So every six weeks, we're probably going to get a pulse on the format, which. Yeah, which is good. I like that. That's fine. Every month and a half, we get a like a, hey, we're doing okay. So the I, next, I wish they would do that for every format. But So if we're going off of that, the next six weeks would put us at the beginning of March, which is right after mm-hmm. Reno. There we go. So um, day after Reno, March 1st is six weeks from now. Sounds good. And Reno, also, Reno, by, not, the way, didn't want to make Reno it, by the way, is a limited GP, so it, this isn't going to... Yeah, they also didn't want to make any movement on Pioneer because there's multiple GPs and a player's tour coming up of Pioneer, and they wanted to see how the competitive metagame shakes out at that level. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, let, let, moving let, on. Let the high-level events go and then have fun. Yeah. we got 20 moving minutes on. to talk cards about Theros. It's kind of great. <laughs> we can do that. Do you want to do you want to jump pop props and slops? Oh, wow, I forgot we have props and slops too. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, we're going to make this real fast. Hyper props and slops. John, your prop. My my prop. Planeswalker's aesthetic abilities are a good iteration of Planeswalker designs. Don't let Narset to Fairy Card or Nissa ruin your perception of them. I don't necessarily agree with that, but you know what? That's fine. No, it's I All right. It's a good intera- iteration cool i did not like how some of them the way some of them affect the board state like it gives you that extra thing you have to think about that once that gets adjusted to then i think there'll be a little bit better but like the initial feels bad of like oh right you play something like um this static ability means you can't do that and it's like oh yeah right because you're used to just looking for you uh... you're used to just looking for artifacts and enchantments that would do it we had to wrap our brains around planeswalkers doing you know it. you know where else this happens other mechanics Remember equipment? They made this thing called Skull Clamp. Remember vehicles? They made this card called Smuggler's Copter. You know this? You know this devotion mechanic? They made Gary. <laughs> they do this all the time. Yeah, those, it's just that we had some five, that were really those good. Four or five were pushed. Yeah. So anyway. I get that they were pushed, and I get that they that like Teferi and Narset have real big fuel bads, and I get that's, it, and that's, that's awful. That's three minute Teferi, and by I, the way, for those at home. Yeah, Teferi Time Raveler. That's like, I get that those field ads are really bad, but the design percept, the design move to give them the static abilities, I think was still a good iteration. Oh. Despite the fact that to that Narset ruined eternal formats, Teferi is arguably ruining older formats. Karn is restricted to vintage and got Mike's and Lattice banned in modern, and Nissa made standard nearly unplayable because it was just mono green mirrors all, well, or like Simic mirrors all the time, thanks to Oka. I'm just saying Nissa was actually hot take here we go nissa was probably the second best card in that deck behind oko yeah yeah i agree it's how you well gilded goose no gilded goose set up your early okos but nissa was just your just when i was playing with pd for a little while we were testing for an event the loops that you can do with nissa are just ridiculous you play it you play a sh- oh this is an absurd magic card i i'm yeah i'm definitely at least saying she's top three in that deck. okay i i would say she's i, two. See I would say two. two gilded load gilded goose is three i and i would not argue okay that. i think that i think they're very close yeah. anyways what ian what's your prop uh my props go to the community and john was like i was like this is a cop out you're like yes and i'm like i can explain why it's not a cop out because this year, we had a lot of cool stuff happen with the community. We had our very first non-male PT slash Magic Championship, Mythic Championship, whatever you want to call it. It's what, Players Tour now. Oh, God, they keep changing the name. But Autumn Burchett at MC1 with, I would have to say, one of the most masterful displays of a tempo deck like ever. Oh, yeah. They killed it. Like straight up crushed that tempo play. Awesome. Cool beans. Moving on. Dana Fisher, youngest ever to day two at GP at GPLA earlier in the year. Like, and guess what? She got to ten wins this past weekend. She got. She basically went ten four and one. The only scoop is because she had to go catch her airplane this weekend. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah she, so I technically can't really include that here because it's twenty twenty. But whatever. Dana Fisher crushing at Magic. The the kids are all right. The kids are all right. A couple other young kids hit a day two GPs as well this year, which. Awesome. I'm loving to see that young kids having some success in the game, parents setting up for a good endeavor. Just don't spend all your money on magic cards, kids. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to somebody who actually kind of hung out with and befriended over the year. Uh, Jerry Thompson, uh, 
kind of just hanging out at events with him with stuff like that through the cosplayer crew. But uh, he resigned the MPL a little bit earlier this year in a protest. Kind of just like, hey, look, there's still a lot of massive pro changes that need to happen and kind of a shot in the arm, but they still need to happen. But he, he kind of woke everything up and said, hey, this new MPL program's great. Look at this. It's like, nah, there's a lot of rotten stuff. Kind of basically looks nice on the outside, but it's framework and paper mache kind of thing. Um, it's gotten a little bit better. Uh, but Jerry taken, I guess, realizing that, hey, something needs to be done to raise awareness for it. I need to do something. And he did it. And over the course of the year in, in his other podcast, Arena Decklist, seriously, go check that podcast and their Twitter accounts out. Also Pioneer Decklists. Tons of great content from those guys. But he was saying he's felt happier than he's ever felt in, in his magic career with his switch over to kind of doing more content creation this year as opposed to trying to spike tournaments like he's getting more satisfaction helping others out now and he's realizing that and that's kind of cool growth to see from a player so props to that outing of abusers in the game we kind of touched on it a little bit but a massive thing basically the me too moment of for magic a little bit happened this year um owen turntwall driven out of the game and from all sounds of it good riddance um basically Anybody who disagrees with that, sorry, but I looked up to the dude for a lot of infect things and you got to learn to divorce yourself of, hey, they have great skill with this deck, but at the same time, that kind of crap can't cut it at all. We don't need that in this community. The community doesn't deserve to have that kind of, those kind of people hanging around in it. So if you're looking around there, if I don't know, I hope none of our listeners are of these kind of thing where you're looking to be abuser or any kind of that stuff but you have no place in this game kindly see yourself out the door if that's the case just get out of here this game is too fun and too great to too many different people to too many different people walks of life just get the hell out anywho (laughs) um we had the second women second women ever win a gp last year was jess stefan or last year being 2018 2019 was esther trujillo at gp get in september heck yeah um also another thing too is i guess I want, like, we're seeing more women do success, like, at higher levels. Um, Allie Warfield crushing it at events and stuff like that. We're seeing other women come up in the game, too. Um, some new commentators on the arena side of house, uh, Alias, she just did the uh, PPR, cr- do a great job there. She's doing a great job when she does coverage with the uh, arena side of events. Love and seeing the representation. So, representation took a massive step forward, but also took a huge step backwards. That's not necessarily a prop, you know, the queer baiting, I guess you could say. That's the proper phrase for it. Yeah. The queer baiting that's happened with the story. I'll let you handle that one and earn your slop. Um, but yeah, uh, for me personally, uh, the, all the amazing cosplayers and new friends. I mentioned Jerry through the cosplayers, got to hang out with him a whole bunch at a couple of the SCG events and stuff like that. Great guy. But just basically last year was kind of challenging. Had a lot of breaks with, you know, a lot of work stuff came up or stress with building that flight packet and just the sheer amount of friends that i have because of this game was highlighted immensely in 2019 for me and i cannot thank everybody who i hung out with or was recognizing me at events like i had that happen a bunch and like hey you're i'm like you're dicks aren't you i'm like yeah i'm like or i'd be playing people like oh yeah i recognize you from twitter like some of the uh what's it called the u.s army esports team guys were like Oh yeah, we recognize you at the events from your Twitter stuff, and I'm like, we didn't realize you were in the army. They recognized me in the Discord. They're like, oh wait, we recognize like this event, and I know you from your Twitter stuff, and I'm like, I'm a poster. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was kind of nice thing. It's it's nice to not get a huge head, but it's nice to get the ego stroked a little bit every now and then, and that happened a couple times this year, and it was kind of nice. But yeah, massive thanks to everyone. Um, who's kind of supported friends wise. I had a bunch of magic friends at a, or friends I've known because of the game at my wedding this summer. I mean, hell you, for instance, John, yeah. <laughs> like, hi. <laughs> yeah. Best man here. Yeah, exactly. Um, a couple of our guests are people I mod with and other channels and stuff like that. And a lot of the lure crew and people hashtag Watsy staff at the wedding. And it was great. Um, but my last one for props, to the community is in regards to you, John, and I was trying to leave a surprise, but I had to leave myself a little bit of a note. I typed it all out. Hope you didn't see it. But earlier this year, John beat cancer. And 
the content creation community came together to create a care package for him when he couldn't make it to the War of the Spark pre-release. And I was beyond hat. Like there was a little bit of roughness trying to get the uh, the Mythic Edition didn't work out very well. But just the fact that the community came together to help a buddy of mine out and my co-host and best man and best friend who was going through a rough time. And that right there showed me that, yeah, there's still, there's good people out there and this community is amazing. Uh, the care package we got, we put together for John. I, I know you enjoyed it. It was kind of great. I opened all those packs like a filthy animal <laughs> as I was hoping you would. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it, it was rough, especially like I know you went through cancer. My dad went through cancer last year and just seeing support of other people for those who were going through a rough time and all of that stuff was much needed to see. Yeah. So thank you everybody who contributed to that. Thank you everybody in the community who just, you know, even saying hi or Hey, hope you're doing okay. Kind of thing like that. When people are posting that they're down or out and stuff like that, like we need each other anyway. I've rambled on enough for my prop. John, slops. Slops. Uh, my main slop is a big one. It's just the utter gutting of the Magic Story team. Uh, the Magic Story was a highlight. There are some awesome Magic Stories that came out from when we were when Ian and I first joined the game back during Theros. Well, to be fair, the Theros story All- initially was kind of rough, and it picked up after Theros. True. Um, and then, like, you look at... Um, I forget the exact title of the name of the, of the story, but I think it's the value of a name and it's the Alicia. Oh, I, Alicia I think that's the name of story. It, yeah. yeah. Um, like that is probably one of the highest points. Um, and then like the Gatewatch story I actually loved and I really, really, really hated the whole Justice League thing. It's really stupid and it still pisses me off. Yeah. Um, but, and then just to see it just gutted. Crater. Like I read the Ravnica, I read the Ravnica novel. It wasn't great. I didn't read Forsaken. I read the reviews it's decidedly bad, <laughs> and the fact that we're just getting a <laughs> summary based on what those cards are kind of showing us, and apparently we it got, was horribly written. We got a Cliff it's, Notes. I've read some of it, and it's – let's put it this way. There's a new Planeswalker in the story, and he was basically – one, kind of goes against things where technically created beings like angels and demons don't can't spark. Uh, for some reason, it had, they have to be like born or something like that. It's just been established canon in Magic for forever, essentially. Yeah, Karn doesn't have his own spark. Karn had Urza's spark, which he then gave up to seal the rifts in Dominaria during Time Spiral, and then he has Venser's spark now. Yeah. So that said, like this one creature was created by Cloth. Basically, story things. Clothis created. Uh, was it Kalos? Kalos. Kalos. Who then was basically for, like his whole sole purpose was to bring Elspeth back to the underworld, basically where she just should should have been fated to be. And Elspeth's like, "Lol, get wrecked, fate. I'm out." She planeswalks away. He feels despair, and then he pla- he's like something sparked, and then he followed her and planeswalked after her. It's like what? <laughs> How? Why? I'm gonna save that hot take for later. Yeah, but, but it's just the the story the story the story deserved better than when it got. I this just year. said that. Calix is an Elspeth reply guy. There, you're not wrong. I mean, but... yeah, Ian, what's your slop? Should, like I kind of mentioned earlier, the sheer power level push of 2019. Uh, granted, we started off the year with a KCI banning, which was kind of needed in modern. Then we got a couple popper bans in the spring, which was fine and I much needed. I mean, Nexus of Fate getting the best of one format ban was like all right, cool. Uh, Gushy texting probe days ban and popper killed a lot of the. Delver decks, which was sorely needed. Popper got a unification. I should have put that in the props. Yay, Popper's a format now. Um, and then Modern Horizons 1 got printed. <laughs> and then it goes, Bridge from Below is banned in July. And then in Modern, Hogak and Faithless Looting are banned. So Forge Mission got unbanned. Vintage, Karn the Great Creator, restricted. So basically, Hogak, and basically, yeah, a lot of stuff. Arshkum Astrolabe. Also from Modern Horizons 1, banned in October. In Pauper. Or in Pauper. Or banned in October in Pauper. Uh, Field of the Dead. <laughs> in Standard, banned. That was an M20 printed in Core 2020. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Veil of Summer, banned in Pioneer in November. Oko banned in Brawl. Oko banned in Standard. Once Upon a Time, banned in Standard. Veil of Summer, banned in Standard. Ren and Six, banned in Legacy. Narset, 
restricted and vintage. Field of the Dead, Once Upon a Time, Band and Pioneer, Oko Band and Pioneer. It, yeah, there was a lot of cards. Granted, some of the same egregious offenders, but 20, the 2019 power creep was huge. And I get what they were trying to do, but in trying to introduce some new cards into modern, it heavily warped and technically is still kind of warping formats. Um, I hope that, yes, power levels can continue to get pushed if they want to, but that it doesn't just utterly bend and break in half older formats that they're not actively testing too much because they, they can't go and play test rigorous play test legacy rigorously they can't go play test vintage rigorously they can play test modern decently when they're bringing out a modern horizons project and i think they're doing another one soon but it's really kind of rough with how much got pushed and how much had to break before or this year like we had some of the most bannings this year that we've had basically in the last like 15 years easily like easily um 2004 i think with a lot of the legacy bannings was one of the biggest things the last bumper crop that had this much bannings going on in a year in terms of sheer cards coming on and off the ban list was 1999 20 years ago yeah that was urza block which just broke everything in half and then broke that yeah. half in half <laughs> kind of pseudo memory jar joke there um anyway anyway but yeah uh side honorable mention slop the just literal oops we're not doing coverage anymore i could talk a whole episode on that but what well, yes we both could um the fact that basically they went from 20 or 35 to 40 or so streams a, a year to seven everyone was like hey why is there no coverage of this this weekend and the fact that it basically was in a reply to somebody's tweet that they that was a quote unquote the first acknowledgement of wizards that they were cutting coverage back was in a reply to some person's tweet replying hey why where's the coverage of this like everyone's like wait what yeah it's again we could do an entire episode on this we don't have a we don't have a lot of time because we do like it i know we do kind of try to like to keep it to the an hour long podcast we're going over this so, time john and making it happen i mean clearly <laughs> we're making it happen <laughs> anyway let's go on the third but yeah uh there was a lot we could have done a whole episode on those and Honestly, I could have probably talked a whole episode on just that honorable mention slop, but that might be coming yes. this year at some point. We'll I'm smiling see. right now, smugly. And you can probably hear it in my voice. Anyway. I, uh, yes. Theros. Theros Beyond Death. The whole set's out. You can go all take a look at it. Um, card gal- uh, the card galleries th- in the show notes. Yes, it is. Um, my three cards that I wanted to talk about briefly. Yours? One is uh, Banishing Light. Vanishing Light's back in standard. It's the fixed Oblivion Ring. It's just a, a nice, clean, catch-all answer for anything that's po- that's posing a problem. And I'm just glad to see it in standard. Yeah, it, we've had some iterations of these kind of in recent years. Um, a little bit cheaper at one in a white, but those have been conditional. This is just like, nope. Doesn't matter CMC. Doesn't matter color. Doesn't matter if it's tapped or untapped. Just exile like, it if it's non I I loved I loved Cast Out. I loved um, Conclave Tribunal. Loved all of those, but you know, t- there's something nice just about having about having two and a white exile non-land permanent until this leaves is just it's just nice to have. It's pretty good. Uh, I, I appreciate it. Better. My other card, my other card is uh, Underworld Breach, which is uh, one and a red for an for a enchantment for its. Uh, oh God, this card. Yeah, it's a lot. It's uh, one of the red. It's each non-land card in your graveyard has escaped. The escape cost is equal to the card's mana cost plus exile three other cards from your graveyard. And then at the beginning of your upkeep instep, or at the beginning of your instep, sacrifice underworld breach. Um, this might storm? Question mark. It's de- it definitely storms in like legacy and older formats. The question if it is if it storms in modern. I don't know will yet. It, will it blend? But will it storm? But I'm but I'm interested in trying it out. Uh, and then my third John, card. John, here's a quick question for you with Underworld Breach. So it's essentially like a yeah. Yog Will ish kind yeah. of thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, remember when you escape a card, you don't exile the card. You just exile the other card so you can escape the same card over and over and over and over and over again, which is going to so be basically nice. self mill storm. Yes. Uh, too bad Brain Freeze isn't legal in modern. Womp womp. Um, it it womp. isn't legacy. Now, it isn't legacy. Uh, the other card, I wanted to have one card that I wanted that I was going to be putting into my cube. And I think Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath, 
is also just this weird thing. Like, we've had two sets back-to-back with busted Simic 3 drops. Aru! With Oko <laughs> and then Uro. Uh, Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath, is one blue-green for a 6-6 legendary creature elder giant. When he enters the battlefield, a s- sacrifice it unless it escaped. Uh, and then whenever Uro enters the battlefield or attacks, note that that is the same type of text that Primeval Titan, Inferno Titan, and Sun Titan have. Uro and uh, Krovix, I forget the other name of the other one. Uh, they both have Croxa. like the Titan text. Croxa, sorry, have the Titan text of enters the battlefield or attacks. Uh, in this case, you gain three life, draw a card, and then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. That is a lot of value. Gain, and you gain can also three, draw a card, explore. Yuck. Yeah. It's gain three. It's literally like revitalize plus uh, growth spiral. Um, and then also you can escape Uro for blue, for green, green, blue, blue, and exile five other cards from your graveyard. I don't know how much this is going to see playing cube. I am interested in trying it out. I don't know how often you're going to be able to escape five. I can t- like exile those five cards, but I can tell you right now, Titan players are looking at jamming this in place of Oko. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, look, you oh, took yeah. away this one blue, one green, blue, cre- one, yeah, one green, blue planeswalker. We're just going to jam this one green, blue creature in our deck. That deals with lands. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Now, to be fair, Titan decks don't play a lot of fetches, which make Uro, which makes Uro much better. But I don't. Well, know. they're gonna um, they're gonna rejigger we'll everything around stuff too. But I know people are looking at just jamming this. It might not be a four of. It might be like a two of. Yeah, I don't. I do not think this is a four of. No. Def not. Uh, all right, Ian. What are your cards for Theros Beyond? So. Dome? Kind of, you're looking at the cube. I always keep an eye out for what gets in my Camlander deck, and the lucky prize winner from Theros is Thrix, the Sudden Storm. Three blue, blue, four, five, legendary creature, elemental giant. It's one of the other things that just doesn't have the, the text that the other two escaped titans have. This is one of the titans, though, uh, that escaped. Is it? I think so. No, I think uh, if you notice, if you read the flavor text, even in their mountain fortress, the Akroans have learned not to anger Thassa. Yeah, whatever. If not, then it looks Anyways. like... Anywho, is a legendary creature, elemental giant at rare that has flash, flying, and spells you cast with the converted mana cost five or greater, cost one less to cast, and can't be countered. Hey, so that's a mystic confluence. That's a, a cheaper uh, fa- uh, force of will that's a cheaper dig through time that's a cheaper uh treasure quiz <laughs> jesus yeah it's there's a lot tafawi <laughs> mellage <laughs> um no there's a bunch of beefy five cmc plus drops that blue white or jeskai in uh is gonna want to play and the fact that you can flash this bad boy out it's like you hold up five mana say go it's like, what are you doing? Okay, you tapped out on Anstep. I'm going to thrash Thrixen. And now it's my turn. Cool. Let's do this. Oh, I'm excited makes... for Thrixen Standard where you can combo Thrix plus uh, Gadwick. Thrix makes, what's it called, cheaper? Um, There's a lot of things oh, that Thrix makes gosh, cheaper. Oh, gosh. I can't think of its name all of a sudden. The thing that you flash in that you get something back from your graveyard and cast it. From... Oh, Torrential Gear Hulk. Yeah, Torrential Gear Hulk. That makes that cheaper. It's five mana now. It also makes them un- uncounterable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so great. Anyways. Yeah, but yeah, I for- even forgot the can't be countered thing. It's like uncounterable treasure cruise. Oh, love it. Um, yeah, so that's great. Uh, Destiny Spinner. Why is green getting such broken stuff? This is an uncommon, but Destiny Spinner is a one and a green, two, three, so even better than a bear. Enchantment creature human. Creature and enchantment spells you control can't be countered. First off, that could be the text alone, and that card is good. Uh, it's got also got three and a green. Target land you control becomes an XX elemental creature with trample and haste until end of turn where X is the number of enchantments you control. It is still a land. That is good. It is very that's good. A way for game, that's a way for games to end. Like for enchantment decks in like EDH and other formats where you're looking for that, that's a game ender. Like that is your win. Mm-hmm. That is a win con. Great card. Add uncommon. Two mana, two, three. Sweet. Uh, the next one is kind of the busto card. Everyone's like, wait, wait, wait. What's the math on this bad boy? Nyx Bloom Ancient 4. Green, green, green. 5-5. <laughs> five, five. Enchantment Creature Elemental. I did not say legendary in there for a reason. It's a, it's a mythic rare. It has his trample, and if you tap a permanent for mana, it produces three times that much mana instead. Yeah, it does. Uh, so literally, this just makes infinite amount of mana with stuff like Basalt Monolith, Grim Monolith, your 
uh, lands that if you cast High Tide, good lord. Um, mm -hmm. Also works with Nissa, who shakes the mm -hmm. world because it would create additional green, but it would then produce three times much of. Oh god, the math. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's going to be gross. Uh, there's going to need to be some judge calls and like, hey, how much mana does this actually make? So because a, it would make two, a, it would be six, right? Yeah, it would make six. That's what I'm saying. Or it's two different replacement effects, and you, you get to choose in which order they take effect. I would like it to create the extra mana and then, or like tap yes. for two green and then tap for three times that much. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yes. next bloom ancient is gross. It's ridiculous. You're going to be seeing that in any deck that's beefy ramp green. I'm absolutely 100% slamming that in Hazazon Tamar because that's going to be a ramp and tokens deck. So hooray. Yes. Anywho. Um, oh, yeah. Also makes uh, Roshin. Mar Roshin? Yeah. The, the Meanderer. Meanderer. Yeah. The one that taps yeah. for like five colorless mana. Four colorless? Uh, I think she taps for four. Okay. So 12 colorless spend mana. X spells. I don't care. That you can only spend on X spells. Uh, that's 12 colorless mana you can pay into Finale of Devastation. Yes, that is Blah, correct. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> and last, but of course, court, uh, certainly not least, it's your boy. It's my boy. It's everyone's boy. Ha <laughs> ha. Gary. 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 Yeah, great version <laughs> of Asphodel's back uh, with an upshift to uncommon. Thankfully. Because, my God, that card was warped limited a little bit around it. The big reason why I'm happy it's uncommon is so that five people don't open a Gary and I'll take him, pack one, pick one. Oh, yeah. Like, that's literally the thing. It's like, oh. That's literally what happened during Theros Limited. Like, Triple Theros, you would open a Gary, you would take it, and hope that no one else saw a Gary. But three other people at least saw a Gary. PBH, and then I also pack one, pick one. I actually started avoiding drafting Gary just because of that. If you yeah. saw Gary, like, pick four, then you start taking Gary in black cards. If you see him in the first pick, you're like, mm, let me pick a different card. Uh, but he's back. He's great. That's the three black, black, two, four zombie. Now at uncommon. When Grey Merchant of Asphodel enters the battlefield, each opponent loses X life where X is your devotion to black. You gain life equal to the life lost this way. So in multiplayer games, like I'm two headed giant this weekend. Yes, please. Give me all your Garys. Yeah. Uh, doubles it because each opponent, they share yeah. a life. So pool, if you have. It takes both of them and yeah. you gain life, so you get double the life. So yeah, they would lose. Say say X, say X is five. Your devotion is five. They lose ten life. You gain ten yep. life. And when you have a shared life pool of thirty, that's pretty nice. It is pretty nice. Five mana. Five Anyways. mana swing. Twenty life. A twenty point life swing. Yeah, that's, that's some pretty good rate right there. Gary was part of one of the cards that I did a lot of deep diving on when I made my modified vanilla test thing. Um, but anyways, that's a, that's a topic for another day. If I ever want to get back, Theros is great. I'm playing it tomorrow. Uh, playing it sealed. Um, also, if you've got any spicy brews, John, I don't know if you do. Uh, I I have spent zero time brewing with this set. Same. I've had other stuff. Life. Yay. Um, but yeah, I'm looking Yay. for. If you see, I'm telling you, Joe. Joe, if you see any spicy brews, send them my way. Oh, of course. So it's bo best of one standard and sealed all day long. And then while I'm streaming. With the exception of like the last half hour, I think, of my stream. So I'm looking to go 5 p.m. to like 10.30 p.m. I might just do the last 30 minutes as the wrap-up for giving away stuff. So five-hour stream plus giveaways. Um, draft is available, so I can draft as well. So if you want, yes. I don't know what you're doing tomorrow night, John, but you're more than welcome to guest on the stream. Well, I'll figure it anyway, out. Anyway, we should probably talk about the socials. Yes, Ian, if you wanted to find you on the social media and come watch the sick Theris Beyond Death preview access stream... Where can they you do guys so? can find me on Twitter. Ah, got him. Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. Look for all my medium, tepid, magic, hot, sports, nerdy, sci-fi takes. Yeah. Woo! Go sports. Uh, gritty as God. <laughs> uh, also, find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix, D-I-X. Uh, I will be streaming, like again, I said, 5 to 10.30-ish Eastern standard time for the uh, event also i uh, will be streaming more of uh, format for testing wise for i'm pretty sure just scg philly at this point i'm probably not gonna try for richmond uh, i need a break i was over ambitious with my schedule <laughs> surprise yeah uh but also follow me there for that i'll be doing other giveaways and stuff as needed for raising money for australia 
because it's awesome. Oh, also got a new emote. It's gritty as PogChamp, so it's Grit Champ. And also have me giving yes. a what the WTF face on top of the hammer emote. So I got three emotes now. Come by the channel, subscribe, like, subscribe, smash the bell. That's YouTube, which is Dixon IJ at youtube.com slash Dixon IJ. Whatever. Anyway, John, what yeah. about you? Y'all can find me on Twitter at jwiley 129 You can also find me on Twitch at the same handle. If you see me floating around a chat room, do not hesitate to say hi. I'm really hyped for Theros Beyond Death. This is going to be a really interesting set. It's the first. It's the first short... set that John and I started fully like yeah. back playing. Yeah, it's. I'm really excited. If you want to use the podcast directly, you can do so in one of two ways. You can either hit us up on Twitter at Eyes of the Minds, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at Eyes of the Minds at gmail.com. We would love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. Thank you so much for listening. On behalf of Ian, I'm John. Uh, oh, I stepped the gun there. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you all next time. Mm-hmm.